0: Hello and welcome to the 69th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Volume by Mike Biffle. Mike, who are you?
1: What do you do? Hello. Well, you've spoiled the first part. I'm Mike. Um, <laughs> you kind of stepped on that. No, I'm Mike, and I, uh, I make computer games.
0: You do indeed, mm. of, of the computing, as opposed to the cardboard variety,
1: which are just as valid and just as popular. Oh, they're awesome. I, I, I wish I was a good enough designer. I have to lean heavily on kind of art and music and voiceover. The idea of, of doing it all with cardboard is terrifying to me. I have nothing but respect for the people who design that stuff.
0: And do it well. And do it well. Yeah, well. Yeah, well. <laughs> because sometimes you and I have played like, oh god. <laughs> Wait, are we? Yeah, I know. G- generally, just
1: the ones I try to design. That's uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: How did you make your start doing this? You can go right back to when you were a fetus, by the way. I don't mind. I've had that on the- A
1: fetus, I'll be honest, like I didn't get a lot of game design done in the womb. Um, you- no, I, I didn't. I was uh I'll be honest with you, I I'll, I'll be honest with you, Chris. I was pretty lazy. Right. For the good for the first I would say for the first nine months from conception, I was, I didn't do, I didn't get much done, to be honest. I kicked a bit, but, punched a bit, kicked a bit, but uh, ultimately, like, it wasn't really until birth that my career began. Um, <laughs> no, um, I, well, I guess I, I, I'd always been into computers, I was, you know, I remember, um, I remember my dad worked in IT, so uh, he would, he would, uh, he would procure um, PCs that were a bit older, and they would end up in my... Uh, my house, um, <laughs> and uh, I remember
0: something about, is like his old like two eight six three eight six. Yeah,
1: yeah. If, if something was going to go in a skip, I think, and it was better than what we had at home. We, uh, it was a Frankenstein thing that basically we had this computer that I remember. I, I remember using Windows three eleven in black and white was fun. <laughs> I had a I had a chart uh, for Paintbrush where. Like basically like where he'd used the colour printer at work, which was very rare at the time, a colour printer, it was very exciting, to print out kind of a grid showing me which which square corresponded with with, with which colour. So I could kind of paint blind and then he would sneakily print things off for me on the office printer. Uh, so I would it was this weird kind of process of drawing something and then waiting a couple of days until he could uh, he could sneakily print something off on their massively expensive ink.
0: Um what you take for granted now?
1: Yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? I, I sound like an old man when I talk about this stuff. Oh, yeah. We didn't have the internet back then. It was a whole, whole different world. Um, but yeah, no, and then just kind of started doing some programming, just very light, kind of just print, printing stuff on the screen, basically. Um, and then just kept fiddling. Uh, secondary school, I had a very cool, uh, history teacher who instead of essays, let me submit, um, graphic adventure games. So I would make like, I remember making one which was set in like a, like a medieval town, and you walked around and had conversations with the people of this little town. It was all like really shoddy, horrible art, but it was, uh, you know, and, and basically she would, her, her perspective on it was as long as I hit like the six things that the essay had to have in it, she was fine with it. And it was great. It was, it was, it, it was very cool to find an indulgent teacher. So I kind of got to do like, yeah, my, my own little rudimentary graphic adventure games for, for, in secondary school for, and actually get, master them again like i'm not sure not sure that's right i think i got away with murder there but it was uh, it was fun uh no it's for history um really weird just i think it's a, a teacher who and you know i think everyone hopefully everyone has like at least one or two of these teachers in their childhood that just kind of i guess saw an interest that i had and and kind of wanted to support it so fair play yeah I have bless those as well
0: so i know what that feels like it's they're
1: great they're great to have the
0: ones you remember
1: Exactly, yeah, that's the thing. The ones that go the extra mile. So yeah, uh, and then I went to I went to college um, back then, like sixth form. Like I had, you know, there were no kind of games qualifications, so I kind of chose a bunch of stuff that seemed relevant. So I did like film studies, theatre studies, psychology, photography, three uh, D design, just a bunch of different things. And I think I think probably to everyone around me, I looked like someone who was skiving off the real lessons, but I was kind of. I was just trying to find how to do the whole computer game thing, and then I went to university and, and, got a, and got a degree. I think I was one of the first people in the UK to get a games design degree, like the first I think the first year or the second year, somewhere around there, like very early so back by when... By the
0: time you got to the university, <clears> there were... There was
1: just a few... Yeah, I think there were a choice of like three courses. I mean now there's ridiculous numbers awesome. of them. Yeah, um but back then it was yeah, super rare. So I was and I was kind of in the first intake in one of those, um, in Newport in Wales, which the university is not there anymore actually. I got kind of combined into another thing. Um but uh but yeah, and that was that was my start and then worked a company called Blitz Games, which is a company that a lot of British game devs worked at at some point. It's kind of a it was kind of it, it, again not there anymore. It kind of closed down. It was it did a lot of work for THQ. So when they went south, it kind of went with them a little bit. Um, there's there's you know the people... oh THQ took out a lot of companies with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, sad. And <clears throat> it is sad, but it it was kind of it was it was a, it was a cool studio. It didn't make the most glamorous games, but really good at kind of taking on uh, graduates and people at the start of their career. So uh, they they did that with me and uh, yeah. gave gave me my start. Um, and then. Worked there, and then, yeah, one kind of towards the end of my time there, started making Thomas Was Alone in my spare time. Uh, went Uh and Talked a little bit about that. I know you're
0: probably sick and tired
1: of it. But... <laughs> I'm so bored of that game at this point. I'm almost yeah, so as bored as most gamers are of Thomas yeah. Was Alone.
0: It started as a flash thing, just a little bit. Just a little bit.
1: Just give us a little yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean... Sorry. It was yeah, it was it was a flash game. It was uh, basically my my girlfriend was out of town and I had nothing to do one weekend, so I uh, I'd, I'd heard about game jams. I don't think I fully understood what they were. It was kind of it a was still
0: a, an... It an embryonic stage, then.
1: But... yeah, they were. And I wasn't an indie. I was you know uh, I was at that point I was a, a designer, kind of level designer in a big studio. So this stuff was all very alien, weird, and kind of. I think I'd played. I think I played Don Winia, and I think I played. I think I played Super Meat Boy as well. So I, had, I knew I knew of these new kind of weird people in their bedrooms making games, and it was very strange. And I wanted to play it, play it, that see if I could do it. Basically, so yeah, I spent a, spent a weekend and made just this very simple kind of flash game, and uh, and it kind of took off and did really well on Congregate, and people seemed to dig it. So yeah, I I then. Kind of kept playing with that idea. Ended up leaving Blitz uh, to go and work at a studio called Bossa, uh, founded by a friend of mine. Um, and then, and then when I moved to London, kind of started talking to people from a little company called Unity, uh, which wasn't a big deal at that point. It was something that was again kind of
0: yeah. they, w-
1: walk, they were walking around. I remember, I remember the first time I talked to someone from Unity, and they just took me to one side. and said, You don't want to use Flash. Trust me, in in a, in a few years' time, every every indie game's gonna be made in Unity. And I just I remember laughing at the guy and being like, dude, it's like there's like ten of you. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> it's, it's, I was like, it's it's cool, and I, I want to play with it, but like, don't be don't don't like don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. It's all good. Um, and obviously, what what the hell do I know, right? Because uh, obviously they're massive now. But it meant that I got in with Unity very early, and Thomas was alone was turned into a Unity game, and. Uh, Unity you know, gave it a lot of support, and and Kind of Thomas was alone. Then came out and f- did okay, did pretty good business. Um, but then over kind of the course of the last three years, slowly kind of built up momentum and and got more and more known. There's a weird thing where people seem to think people talk about Thomas was alone a lot, like it was like a an instant mega hit, no, and, no, no, and no, it no. really wasn't. Yeah, you it's uh, a, you know known him
0: for years. Yeah, I saw it, it happen. Yeah, I'm like, hey, that's that's Mike's game. What's everyone playing all about? Sorry, no, I'm it <laughs> yourself but like, yeah, but It's Mike's game. I played it years ago when everyone we was talking about on PlayStation Vita when it came out on PlayStation. Like, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's Mike's game. Yeah, and it's, it's weird because it happens every time. Yeah,
1: like I remember we ported it. I, I guess the most recent platform we ported it to was um was we <laughs> mainly because I thought it was funny, but we ported it to Xbox One and PS4, and I think Wii U as well. I'm pretty sure it's on Wii U. Yeah, it's on Wii U. It's on um, all of the things. It's on all of the things. But we, when we pointed it to Xbox One, we had, we always have this weird thing with Thomas was alone. It literally always plays out exactly the same way. We we announce it. No one cares. No one cares. We then release it. And then there's like, you know, a few people play it and like it. But most people are just like, oh, it's just rectangles. And then about six months later... We, I, I look at the numbers and it's selling really well. It's like, oh, okay. And that's just that's just happened. It happened on mobile, it happened on um, Xbox, it's happened on PlayStation, PC, and it's just this thing that, it's a game that seems to have to exist on a platform for a few months before people get into it. Um, really weird, curious thing. I um, remember
0: when it first, first, first appeared and it was like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll just get this and play it. <laughs> it Mike he's done this thing and so I did it, played through it, and it that was great, fantastic. Although this <laughs> is a jerk, don't know why. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I just want you to delve. I know you're sick and tired of it, maybe a little bit, but it shouldn't be. You should be proud of what you've done and stand by your work, which you do. Thank uh, you. you.
1: I you, try. You I try, try to. I mean, you kind of have to. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: You do. That's, that's the purpose of the show for developers. There you go. There you go. So you moved on to make volume, right?
1: Yeah so i mean thomas was alone i think it was it had been out about it had been out a few months about a, a couple of months on steam um and it became kind of apparent that it was going to do okay and it it hit a point where it had made enough money um that i I think it was, I think it was a year salary. I basically, I, I, I drew a line. I said, look, this is, this is now, in theory, if I quit my job today, I've got a year to make something. Right. I'll go for it. Um, because this is the only chance in my life I'm ever going to, you know, have this, yes. you know, um, so cause, I, cause Thomas was alone, you know, I did it around a, a full-time job and it was, it was hard. It was, you know, it wasn't hard like going down a mine is hard, but it was hard. And it yes. was, and it was something I didn't, I, I didn't know if I'd have the, the, the the kind of the energy to do that again to do two jobs at the same time so I just decided to go for it um and then yeah and and the the project that that I decided to make was was volume which started off very small very much like yeah I'll get this done in a year. Um, and I'll make it kind of by myself and, you know, get Danny to record some voiceover at the end. And then just kind of, yeah, two and two, two and a half years later, <laughs> we released it. Um, with, you know, obviously much bigger than it was going to be, much bigger team, much, much cooler kind of people working on it. And, and yeah, it was a, a crazy growing project, but, but it, it was cool. It was, it was a, a fascinating, uh, learning experience, I guess, just kind of going from, something about rectangles to what is quite a significantly big game. Um, yes. which was quite intimidating but, but I, I you know I still I still look at it and I'm pleasantly surprised uh, by 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 how it went, I think.
0: Yeah. And that's what I loved about it is by right the end it still had questions. Hmm. Don't want to give away anything away, although, you know uh, statute limitations is probably okay on the game, but uh, <laughs> I don't want to give anything away. But there's some questions that are like why is this happening? You know, <clears throat> and uh, there's some t- t- themes from it that have led into volume, in my humble opinion. Mm. You may disagree, but there's some aspects and elements of it that I'm not saying it's a spiritual sequel. Far from it, but there's definitely aspects of the story, the background. Uh,
1: yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: that, that definitely bleed into
1: yeah they 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 certainly um yeah it certainly builds on some of the stories of of thomas was alone definitely
0: so my next question then because uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: i think you've covered you know current present day well done thank you Features thank you present day so. yeah i
1: feel like i missed out some of the important milestones you know, yeah yes kind yeah, of uh, first job you know yeah, we did, yeah. that's i'm not i'm not sure how interesting that is to the audience though, well, to you know,
0: more focus on career rather than your. It's
1: probably it's prob- probably 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 better. Yeah. yeah,
0: probably yeah. <laughs> um, and I did warn you by the way. I probably didn't. but uh, sort of I told you before the show is that um, questions get harder as things go on. So sorry, it's like a there is an end. Oh, I see. Or, there's, yeah, so there's there's some game design going on here. There is a game design going on. A little bit, little the base level stuff. Probably Probably embarrassingly base level, but there it is. It's Let's there. It's there nonetheless.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So. What are your biggest influences as a creator?
1: Oh, wow. That is a hard one.
0: And it's very open, and I apologize. Yeah. I, I, it's also
1: it's also I'm, my instant kind of terrified reaction is, am I a creator? Is that a, is that yes. a word I want to label myself as? Okay. Um, I, mean,
0: I call myself more of a commentator than a you know journalist in traditional terms. Okay. You may disagree, um, but I find journalism, am I doing investigative journalism? Sometimes I am. But I'm more of a features editor than a writer
1: than that yeah i think that yeah journalism tends to get uh, be quite a, a broad church in the game's world doesn't it um but yeah i i uh I'm just trying to think now i i guess for me there's obviously i think a big part of my kind of my taste and opinions i'm kind of i'm kind of disgustingly mainstream in a lot of ways like in terms of what i like and what i'm into like i I really enjoy, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, for example. Like something yeah. that is purpose built for blokes of my age and, you know not well, blokes and women, but but, but yes. people of my generation who who are who are kind of who, who who grew up with that stuff and 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 yeah, Marvel's in Cinematic Universe. I go and see every movie. I thoroughly enjoy them. I buy the 3D Blu-ray. I have a 3D TV. I watch it on my 3D TV. I'm very happy. um So so I I, I frame any kind of the the, the following stream of consciousness of pretentiousness. I kind of I kind of frame in that context. But I you know for me the the things that I think are interesting that maybe differentiate my taste a little is I am, I'm very into theater stuff. I'm very into, I was a, I was child actor as a kid and did kind of lots of stage stuff and got very into that. I was a bit of a thespian as growing up. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then kind of, yeah, dance, theater, um, a lot of, uh, read way too much, um, about kind of architecture, graphic design, um, typography, a lot of things that, I guess a kind of ancillary to game design, but, but kind no, of, fair.
0: I think they're core. Cool.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I, I'm, I'm so, so lots of really weird kind of interests. I'm someone who gets very, very into things like whatever, whatever the thing I'm interested in that week is, I'll go and read a book about it and stay on the internet, re- researching it for hours and watch some TV shows on it. And, buy some films about it. Yeah, like I will I you know, if I'm if I'm interested in if I'm into something I will you know, I can it's weird looking at my bookshelf, I can just see like, oh, those are the five books I bought that week when I was obsessed with German expressionist design or something. Like like whatever it was, like that was that was the that was the week where I was obsessed with that. And I was just <laughs> kind of hoarding as much stuff. But it but it's cool. And I think what's really important about it is something I've seen um I saw Keith Stewart actually talking about it recently, which is you know, there's a, a game development. It's we're we're all nerds, and we all kind of have a very games. Games haven't existed very long, so it's quite a small kind of cultural pool to kind of draw from. And we all make you know kind of similar stuff in a way. Like a lot, you know, it's 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 quite. You 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 look at video games as a medium in general, and it's quite obvious that the people who make video games really enjoyed the movie Terminator and aliens. Well, James Cameron in general.
0: Yeah, you know
1: he did that, that thing beginning with a. Well, what's interesting, what the point where for me it came full circle was when I saw someone commenting on a trailer for Avatar, and one of the comments was, "Oh, totally rips off Halo." And I just sat back and I thought, "It's gone, it's gone the whole way now," because Halo obviously draws massive inspiration from from Aliens, yeah, in terms of like its design and it's the, the way everything's built up. And it was just that was the moment for me where it was like wow I'm I'm old now because I've seen this cycle <laughs> happen in total. I
0: mean, your immediate reaction is no, it's the other. Oh, but then that's everything, right? Know. Like yeah. every ev-
1: everything feedback feeds back on itself, and you know, for you know, for I'm sure you know James Cameron was ripping off. Well, James Cameron was, was ripping off, you know, I like, don't know, Second World War submarines, and oh, yeah. Second World War submarines were inspired by this. Like, like you can always trace something back. are everything, Everything's a remix, right? Yeah, they
0: Star Wars is a Western. Yeah. I, 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 they always have me scratching my head when I hear that but it apparently it has the trappings of a Western. It's
1: more like it's more like a Greek myth. It is more like that. Than but, but, yeah, no, I... I, I So, so yeah, I, I, I try and... So what I try and do is I do try and expose myself to other stuff, like stuff that isn't Marvel Cinematic Universe, stuff that's, more, stuff that's more kind of off-piece, not through pretension, but just through wanting to have other things in my head that other people don't. Like, I want to try and make stuff that's a bit different.
0: Broadening in one's palette, that's what I call.
1: Yeah, it's because good for you. It
0: sounds a bit pretentious, but it's fact, because the good creators are the ones that draw from all sorts of things, and that's what I'm trying to draw out of you. So basically, the response to this rather broad question is what's your biggest influence is the universe. Okay, yeah, basically. I'm, I'm <laughs> omnipotent. Um, <laughs> it's,
1: you know, the pretentiousness thing, like, you know, for me there's, n- there's nothing more kind of profoundly pretentious than going out and trying to, like, sell someone a thing you made. Like that's the height of pretension. That's like that. That you like at the point where I sell my video games, I I sort of need to catch myself and stop worrying about looking pretentious because of course I am. It, the the it when is the a pretend, Yeah, the pretension of the act of actually going, I made this thing and it's worth something. Like that, you know. That at that point, yeah, own it. You know. So, so yeah, I am. I am a creator. There we go. I like it.
0: Speaking of creators, good good segue. See, you pointed it out, <laughs> <laughs> so that means it's okay. I didn't. Yeah, that's no, true. So I've, I've it's still there, everyone. Speaking of creators, who do you most admire as a fellow creator of video games?
1: Um, I guess,
0: and be a company as
1: well. Don't you? So, well, yeah, there's, there's, it's generational thing, right? Because, like, when I when I think of people who, you know, I find inspiring, you know, pretty obvious list given my output, but like Warren Spector, Hideo Kojima. Uh, those kind of people, um, David Braben, kind of from a more British angle. But, like, in terms of my contemporaries, like, um, you know, I I remain,
0: and I, you know,
1: I know the fella, so it's weird, but I remain the biggest Terry Kavanagh fan ever. Like, I think he's genuine genius.
0: Yes. Um, I'm, I Still, to this day, and there's a couple of games on my phone that I refuse to, like. <laughs> got li- Everyone's got limited space on their phone, right? For sure. And I go, well, I'm not playing that anymore. I just can't delete Super
1: Hexagon. No, oh. he's, he's he is he's genius, and and I adore his work. Um, and just yeah, anything he makes, I will I will just take a while and enjoy it. Um, in terms of like the bigger stuff, um, I think Naughty Dog just keep knocking it out of the park. Um, that creative team. Some of the stuff
0: I saw at PAX was just amazing. But yeah.
1: yeah, I I I yeah I I, I managed to. You know, one of the nice things about having friends at these companies is I get to see stuff. So I've I've seen some uncharted things that are just amazing and, and just very excited about those games, um, and excited about what's coming next as well from them. So, and, and also like, you know, people who've worked there before and kind of are spreading out throughout the industry. I think that, I think Naughty Dog's one of the kind of the best, the best AAA studios right now. Um, what else, what else do I, who else do I like? Um, I, I I like I draw a lot of energy from like the the, the indie space and the indie scene just in yes. terms of what is coming out and the bravery of the work like because I'm not cause my stuff honestly like I I really like making I guess more traditional games kind of it's fun it's a thing that's designed to be fun and rewarding and be a cool test of your skill and also you know interesting and maybe tell you a cool story like that's the that's my level. That's the thing I want to make.
0: Want to for,
1: that's what I want to go for. But they're all but
0: there... games do that now, do they?
1: No, and that's awesome. And it's so and it's it's really cool. It's really inspiring. It's really cool to see people playing in those in those other areas and, and what I think is really interesting is how those then can feed back into the more I'm trying to think of a word for for not traditional, traditional is the wrong word, but kind of the more conservative design, I guess the kind of the more, I don't mind the political connotations of that, but like the more kind of sticking to sticking to the, the let's make a fun game thing because you see it, you see like you see gone home, like some of the stuff in gone home has just been adopted like throughout. You see,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. And you, you, you can see the kind of, you see until dawn taking stuff kind of, wholeheartedly from indie games you see lots of really interesting mechanical stuff you see fallout incorporating minecraft and rust kind of style stuff and it's 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 just all really really cool that like it's it's where a lot of interesting ideas are coming from and even if they're not always as refined or as polished as as they are in AAA games like indie's still just such an amazing uh kind of thing pushing the industry forward and, and as someone who kind of I mean, I'm I am indie. I'm definitely indie on like a budgetary level, but like as a as someone whose taste is leans more towards the old school, um, I don't necessarily want to make those games, but I love playing them.
0: Yes, um, I think again you've preempted the next question, <laughs> but I think a good example is Stanley Parable, which is a mm. last at the player. At yes, them. not with them, at them mm. for making presumptions using their prime knowledge and go oh you think you've got this you think you know what's going to happen next well you're wrong and there was a little bit of a fourth wall breaking stuff in assassin's creed um where the developer of the of the system then they put notes up saying that they're slightly you know they're working too hard and they're going slightly crazy because it's it's that kind of self-referential like lunacy Mm-hmm. Sort of bled into the mainstream games that we love to hate sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and we see it through. And
1: also, of course, that you you also get it goes the other way, right? It's a it's a it's a two way street. So, you know, there's definitely like there's there's HUD stuff in Volume that's directly ripped off of Destiny, like with with no shame. Like there's oh, there's no, there's loads there's loads of there's loads of um there's loads of issues like that in indie where we're taking, we're taking stuff from triple A. And of course we're taking stuff from triple A games of, of of the, of the past as well. You know, it's, I think, I think it's a, a good, vibrant thing that both sides of the fence help. And I mean, you know, for me gone home, like specifically gone home and, and it's, it's partially as well. The people who worked on it have that background, but gone home, it's basically the kind of the opening cool mood setting 20 minutes of most triple a first person shooters, but focused on like it's, it's, it's the, it's the, the cool scene at the start of Bioshock before they give you the gun. Um, and, and to be fair, you know, like, um, well, Steve, I think, Steve was Bioshock 2, I think he was a designer on, and you have a, a you know bunch of people coming over. That's the other aspect of indie that I think people often miss is that a lot of indies are we're we're, we're ex ex developers in the in the AAA in the AA space. Like that's uh, that's part of the history. It's <laughs> not
0: <laughs> in a cubicle, maybe not. You're <laughs> in at a station. that's cool at a
1: station, an open maybe office. Yeah. There.
0: Spending five hours doing a texture—that's fine. I'm doing. I'm exaggerating it. Apologies. Well, yeah. No, there may be people who do do that. I think people that visit. we have a... There are, and they're, they're great master craftsmen. Yeah. You do do to start who spend weeks, not days, not hours, weeks on where a bolt should be in a in a doorway. I'm not that joking, but it's true
1: it's it, but it's i don't i wouldn't necessarily put that as negative like i think there's there's a lot of people who you know i've got lots of friends in in aaa and they make amazing stuff and they're massively proud of their contribution and they should be yeah. um it's just a different way of making games and i think i think as i said i think both of the both sides of that Kind of help each other, and, and we're increasingly seeing this kind of middle ground of slightly bigger, mid- medium projects um, that are happening in the in the space in between, which is exciting. So yeah, I think uh, it's all good. Basically, making video games is awesome. Doesn't really matter where you're doing it necessarily.
0: So what are you playing now?
1: What am I playing? I'm playing a lot of Melga Solid. I'm surprised you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mil- you. Uh.
0: <laughs> it's 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 lovely. I love it. Um, yeah, i I I still remember it from the uh, the very first one. So I had an MSX. Oh, wow. My proper metal gear, yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine had an MSX. Yeah. No, I I was,
1: for me, it was, Malga Solid was, um, it was a game recommended to me by my dad's mate. Um, and I had no, I went into it with just no understanding of Japanese culture. Wasn't a kid who was into anime or anything. I wasn't, you know, it was pre-internet, so it was all very cut off. People, I wasn't aware of the culture at all, so. It was the
0: PS1 game, was it?
1: So it was the PS1 game for me, yeah. It was, um, and, and just blew me away because I'd never seen a mech before. You no, know, like these things were like I was running around and there was this this mech chasing me and 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 it was it was this weird thing where what I was aware of culturally was you know 80s action movies I'd seen a bunch of 80s action movies so so I I knew who Kurt Russell was so I totally got what the game was doing but like at the same time like just the 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 weirdness of everything that kind of that the way it was interpreted through someone else's um kind of lens was just it was just fascinating to me and then obviously mechanically i just i just loved it because i was it was a game that made me feel clever and that was that was what you know that's why i wanted to kind of do in my own stealth game that kind of the, the the feeling of being clever the kind of the role play of not being the not being the strong hero that's fun to do as well but uh, the different kind of uh fantasy of being the really really clever person who outsmarts the room
0: indeed i mean the classic scene which is I think everyone knows this one. We pulled the controller out from your port and put it in the next one. Which, oh, Psycho Mantis, yeah. Yes. And like, what? <laughs> I swear that would damage the PS1, but I don't know. The one that
1: got me was the, um, the one where you had to look on the box for the, uh, the codec frequency.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that just blew my teenage mind. Like, that was the point where it was just, this, gen- this is genius.
0: I still have my copy from that because uh, I bought it, bought it in 1998 and still have the original. Oh I, yeah, I, oh yeah, I, I really, do. You know, let, let that go. Like, no, no, I've got to keep the box and stuff because all I had. I did a lot of purging with like box game boxes I didn't need. Sure. Boxes, so I just pulled the discs out and put them in, put them in wallets. Great, mm-hmm. really, I it One saves a lot of space. It's awesome. However, <laughs> there's some games you can't do. It to. No, you pick no. up and go. Fuck that.
1: I actually have right next to my TV right now. I have Metal Gear Solid Five is sat on top of the original Metal Gear Solid PlayStation box. Like, I, yeah, it's it's history. It's history. It's you important.
0: have to. It's too... It's one of those... It's like the greatest albums you have on mm. or on CD. You just can't do it. You can't bring yourself back. Like, nope, I can't. I can't. I can't destroy yeah. this. It. This is too important. And especially with that, because, like I said, on the game box, oh, 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 my God. <laughs> <I> never <laughs> thought... Oh, wow. So- what I love is the
1: amount of planning. Like, it's, it's the most boring way of looking at it, but as, as someone who has, like, you know, release games and done box games as well in the past, like, the amount of communication to make sure that every box in every region has a screenshot on it that shows that frequency, like, that's actually, like, logistically impressive as well. Like, that's from just from the boring kind of printing process.
0: So, are you... Having fun with the fifth one. I am, yeah. It's very
1: different. It's, um, but I like that. I like that. It's, 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 it's. I want. I've been saying on Twitter that I think it's like it's more like Far Cry Four than Metal Gear Solid. Sorry, more like Far Cry Three than Metal Gear Solid. That's not. That's not quite right because Far Cry is much less silly. Like it's still got that Metal Gear Solid nonsense to it, which is, which for me is. Uh, the whole point, like the silliness of Malgear, the the fact that you can, you know, I did it earlier. I got a I got a delivery of um of, of ammunition. I got a supply drop of ammunition, but I accidentally hit my horse in the head with it as it landed, and my horse got knocked out. And just those kind of weird, silly moments that Metal Gear does so well—the the kind of the finding the finding music and using it to distract—just just loads of different weird, awesome things. Um, it's still got that, but at the same time, it feels like the design is much more uh, for solid. I guess that's the rock. That's, it sounds like a funny joke, but like yeah, no, it's it's more. It's 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 it feels like it feels like a Metal Gear that mechanically is up to snuff. In previous ones, like it's always felt a bit like the game design was was the means by which I got to the next cutscene. Whereas here, I'm I'm not missing, you know, it's not a game that's as focused on the cutscenes and the storytelling. I'm not missing that. I'm enjoying playing around in that world and redoing missions and trying different tactics, and and it's all very good. It's really really nice. I remember doing. I did a joint interview. I think about. Year and a half ago with, um, one of the designers on it, um, we did a kind of, it was, I think it was with Eurogamer where it was basically like the state of stealth and it was me as an indie and him as level designer on Metal Gear. And he was, he was saying, you know, you know, it's gonna be this, it's gonna be that, you get to choose your kind of approaches, blah, blah, blah. blah. And I was, I was sat there and he's a cool guy, I know him, he's a nice guy, but I was sat there thinking, wow, he's doing a really good job of repeating the PR nonsense he's been told to say. I re, I re- I respect that. Um, but it was it was all true. It was all true. It's an incredibly (laughs) deep, cool open world game,
0: and (laughs) it's a cynic.
1: Yeah, right. Well, to be honest, there's a certain point when you when you when you've done enough of these events, like it's when well you 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 see this from the other side. Like when you when you've sat in sat in the press area of a Eurogame or something, and you've heard people describe their game as the next great thing over and over again many times you do start to go well <laughs> yeah. yeah don't completely but this is the real deal this is the real deal it's an absolutely fantastic complete shift um, but in a great way and it's just it's just a fantastic final game and i'm it is final too isn't it i hope it is i hope it is i i you know i i remain I remain the, the fanboy who is like, oh, no, it's all a trick. It's all a trick. Hideo Kojima, World, that's the new one next month. Like, it's all a trick. Um, but actually, no, I think it is, isn't it? It does feel like the end, or at the very least, it feels like the last one that's going to have anything to do with Kojima. And I think at that point, I'm, I lose interest at that point. I think at the point where it's someone else trying to make a Hideo Kojima game, that becomes less interesting to me. I think it's so that tone is so specific that, like, I wouldn't want to try and do it. I wouldn't want to try and 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 ape that. It's it's. We'll see, we'll see. But I, for me, this is the last Metal Gear game. I think, as a fan, this is probably the last one that, as far as I'm concerned, and, until I realise that it's all a ruse and Hideo Kojima announces Metal Gear Solid Six in two months' time.
0: Is it up there, sneaky to them?
1: See. I have the controversial opinion that Metal Gear Solid 2 is the best Metal Gear Solid.
0: And the interview ends.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's a fair it's I so so I I need to caveat it that I know Metal Gear Solid 3 is a better game. Yeah, totally. But for me too, I just enjoyed the silliness of two. I just enjoyed okay. I enjoyed the craziness. I enjoyed all the stuff, and I thought it was it was in terms of walking around rooms, doing stealth. Yeah. I just thought it was incredibly solid. Again, using that word. Um, for me, five is incomparable. It feels like a completely different game. It doesn't feel like it feels like a Mel Gear in many ways, but it also feels. It it just feels like it's a, it's it's in a different category. It's I wouldn't compare it to the other ones, but it's it's certainly yeah, it's certainly cool.
0: And it's entered a, a video game world or environment it's so different to what four entered into. Mm-hmm. and 3 and two. do you know what I mean? It's just like, it's got all this other stuff that, because there's the pantheon of games. I do mean the word pantheon. It sounds over mm-hmm. the top, but it's not. Look at it. You've got, you know, Dark Souls 2 and 3 on its way in Bloodborne, and Bloodborne. You've got that. You've got Destiny rolling around causing havoc again. Mm-hmm. You know? And then you've got Metal Gear 5, and then you've got Mad Max people are waxing lyrical about as well. Like, it's just so much now. So yeah. it, it's sort of like, it normally, I've described the feeling that it's, it's a very important game. I'm not, of course it is. But in the grand scheme of things, it's just one, yet another piece of amazing, stunning entertainment that, you know, the, the evolution of 50 years of video game development has now come to be. You know what I mean? It's just like, we're in this place, it's extraordinary times. Mm. Extraordinary times. And you're part of that. <laughs> I hope so I hope so yeah we are so anything else before we move on to the second half of the show where we talk about volume no I'm uh, let's, go, let's do it let's do this let's do it so let's move on to the second half when we do indeed talk about volume So, do you have a question, Mike? Tell us about Volume. What is it? Uh it's a video game. <laughs> oh, sorry. You want? Okay. I want to know what it's. Yeah. Yeah. No,
1: it's. <laughs> it's yeah. It's a. Uh, it's it's the it's the next game on my list. Basically, it was you know I had I'd made a bit of money where Thomas was alone enough to kind of make something a bit bigger and a bit more just just different and weird and uh, and it turns out that yeah. Uh, volume was the game volume was the thing but i kind of it's it's the genre i love um stealth is yeah by far my favorite genre i was kind of it was i felt like i had the the programming chops to do it and to do the way i wanted to do ai and the way i wanted to do interaction to get that right it just felt like time and it was so yeah volumes a it's a stealth game it's kind of Unashamedly old school in that it's you know very specifically um, more of a puzzle game I guess rather than necessarily like it's not you know it's not doing the big open world quote unquote realistic stealth it's doing it's kind of uh, a more a more uh, arcadey approach I guess. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's based story wise. It does this kind of Robin Hood thing. It's based on the Robin Hood legend. It's, uh, got an amazing voice cast, great music. Um, and the bit that's kind of surprisingly kind of becoming the focus, I think, for a lot of the community is the, um, user generated content. And we're seeing people making, so we have a, a pretty robust level editor that people can use to make, you know, new levels for it. And we're seeing that become incredibly popular and people making just, Really, really interesting, cool new content for the game, which is
0: very exciting. And you preempted the question later on. Excellent. Yeah, are you here in this room with me? Cause it's kind of creepy. I'm reading over your shoulder right yeah. now. you yeah. literally yeah. reading this stuff. It's, uh, it's... <laughs> but anyway, thanks for that. That kind of <laughs> encapsulated my thoughts on volume two, if I were reviewing it. That's what I may do. I don't know. Awesome. Um, <laughs> so.
1: I'm, I'm I'm pleased I got the answer right. That's. Yes, I mean it's, it's, always it's, it's always good. It's always good. It's horrible when you misunderstand your own video game. Yeah. It always, yeah.
0: <laughs> and it happens.
1: It's embarrassing. Yeah.
0: So the hook is the first proper question. So you know it's going to get worse. So in my opinion, the hook behind volume appears to be the uh, endorphin rush of completing a level successfully. Um, was this always the driver behind the making of volume?
1: I think that's with a puzzle game of any kind i think that's always a really important moment to get right to get the kind of the moment of success done and 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 you know you can do lots of things to to make that feel good uh, i guess the laziest way is just to put like lots of exciting sparkly stuff on screen so of course we do that um but i think as well it's a given but but yeah it's just kind of um i think putting the emphasis on the timer that we do helps that and kind of gives that tension and that that sense of you know the speed, time is of the essence, you know. Um, but yeah, I I feel like that's most puzzle games, the kind of that endorphin rush. For me, it's about it's about stress and release. It's about um, you know the being in danger, being being in a moment of you know not knowing if you're going to get out of something, and then you know working out the solution and and progressing. It's stealth's great at that. It's great at kind of. Peaking and dropping and giving you those moments of tension, of planning, of, uh, and then, yeah, of escape. So it's, it's, and, and I guess so, yeah.
0: There is a bit of attrition, which is not, this is part of a puzzle game where you actually hear a puzzle that your particular brain, Yeah. When you play a particular brain, go, yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> no, I, don't know, I don't know who thought this up, but you're not going to sit there the next hour trying to do it. No, it's not going to happen. Do it tomorrow when you've had a rest, but now it's not going to happen.
1: That's no right. Um,
0: yeah. So, it's a
1: tough balancing act, man. Because yeah, you 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 do want the the see. The, the, this is the this is the this is the interesting thing is is that if a game doesn't challenge you, then the success becomes meaningless and, and it loses. You don't get that endorphin no. um, because you don't you didn't work for it and you know you didn't work for it. Um, so yeah, again, that balance right is hard. I mean, my approach is honestly to try and I treat it more like um, it's more like educating. It's more it's more like I design. I, Kind of the overarching structure. I mean, I have a great level design team, so I'm not going to take credit for for individual levels. But like the the way the game kind of progresses is it's it's all built around this idea of teaching the player, kind of working the player through a learning experience, and and I think that that hopefully smooths off those those horrible spikes. They will still exist, obviously, but but it makes it about sequential smaller successes rather than massively frustrating big successes.
0: I think uh, a lot of games, certainly early on in the uh, evolution or the development of video games, is that they're essentially made for the creator. Yeah. <laughs> so, sorry um, sorry to point fingers at some developers, but you know what I'm saying? Only you could have possibly got anywhere with this, or some savant. But but most, most mortals, it's like,
1: you know... <laughs> it happens it happens i I've, I've seen it it's work, it's happened on, it's definitely happened on games i've worked on where you know you've got one kind of either a you know either a designer or a creative director or whatever who someone who's making those decisions who's getting better at the game over the course of the 2 3 years they're making the game and yeah of course they they then go oh this is too easy and and, and want everything changed it's a it's a weird it's a weird instinct that you have to fight basically and that's why i rely so much on playtesting just to kind of to find out where my assumptions are correct and where they're massively massively wrong
0: it's like when writing specifically manuals textbooks or text something like that when you see that the author's written this book for themselves yes it's, so, it's just so impenetrable they read they assume so much prior knowledge that the actual book itself becomes useless and, yeah. uh, that's, and i read a lot of that in manuals for board games and stuff like that I can't, what, what are you talking about? It's, a, it's this mangled nonsense. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get it, you vote for yourself. Good job! You know, um, copy editing is a skill that people should accept. Anyway, enough ranting about that. Let us move on to my next question, really, is the volume strikes me of a, more of a puzzle game than anything else, mm-hmm. but some hand eye coordination is required in many of the levels, certainly later on. How difficult has it been for you to balance the two? What I believe is differing play styles. One is very cerebral. The other is understanding quick reflexes in order to execute a move in order to complete the level. What, what do you think about this? I, it, they are different different
1: parts of, of the same coin. Um, but yes, you're right. They do definitely require. Um, they 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 certainly there. Yeah, they certainly require. Some, uh, they, they certainly require different ways of thinking. I, for me, um, what I think works really well in stealth games as opposed to most puzzle games is that there is a, a fluidity between those two skills. So you can come up with an incredibly clever solution, which actually allows you to move pretty slowly um, or you can kind of just get through by the skin of your teeth and, and rely much more on, on speed and more kind of action game style, um, kind of tactics. So for me, I think that, that middle ground is struck pretty well in volume that you can, you know, there, there, yes, there are tests of dexterity and speed, but generally if you're, if you're if you can if you plan ahead and you, you can get adept, then you can get through. But yeah, we certainly do have some moments that, that require that. It's a it's a tough balancing act. Um and and yeah, it's tricky. It's it's one that I love um I love Portal's approach um to it actually, where Portal is Pretty much if you can, it's it's basically if you know what you're doing, if you've got a good plan it's the right plan, it's incredibly easy to execute. Um, and that's what we try and do with volume in a lot of places. So things like we we do some movement smoothing. So you can never really kind of get stuck on a wall or anything. You're kind of always kind of hopefully, if you're mo- pushing the thumbstick in the general direction, then we're doing some stuff under the hood to like smooth that out and make sure that you're running kind of, directly up the corridor and stuff. Things like that, we try and help with as much as possible just to kind of ease your your process and make it more understandable and more achievable. But, yeah, it's tricky. It's
0: tricky to get that right. It's just something that struck me is because, you know, advanced age, um, certain games are now pretty much off-limits for me, unfortunately. Oh, no. Ollie Oli has become that way. That I know what to do. But it feels like I've got my my brain signal to my thumb going. Can you press button now? <laughs> the one underneath your thumb. <laughs> that button. Yeah, that one. What now? Please, just. Uh... It
1: is a really interesting yeah. thing, isn't it? Though, and there's been some really cool studies that kind of do point towards this being a genuine issue because games have always been designed for children. That I've I, I've got I've got <laughs> I've got a friend who remain nameless. Um, who's 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 a bit older, and I he never wins against me in a first person shooter because, and it's not because he's worse than me. We're both pretty rubbish at the game, but just I can move the cursor a little bit faster than he can. Yeah. Um. And it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an, it's an issue. I think we're going to have to kind of work around more and more, uh, as an industry because one thing that's definitely happening is the audience is aging you know people aren't stopping playing games like they used to used to be you know you play games into your teens and then you get bored of it and whatever but but now you know there are there is a very sizable a number of kind of 40 50 year olds 60 year olds who who are not coming to gaming later in life they've always been gaming
0: <laughs> you know gaming. Yes, yeah'm not yeah. the same and that there's one game i encountered i won't say the name of it but I said, and I, I was playing at a, a show, and, uh, and the, 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 you know, they're demoing it, and I was just like, look, I know what to do, but I physically can't do this, what you're asking me. And he was <laughs> mortified, like, what do you mean? He goes, I'm too old. Because what? It's, a, it's hand-to-eye coordination. I can't. You're asking too much of me. I can't do this. <laughs> when you're in your 20s, fine. Because yeah. well, you know, Look, You can do this, mm-hmm. but me, you're asking too much. can't do it. I physically can't do this.
1: I think we're, we're going to see we're going to see genres evolve that's that kind of take care of that. I think there will never be there will always be games that will be about re- reflexes and, and that kind of. But but I think you're already seeing you you know look at look at what Telltale's doing. Look at look at something like Until Dawn. Look at stuff that's much more about. Although even Until Dawn has some timers. Um, look at stuff that is more about kind of. Kind of playing things at a slightly slower pace, you know, worrying more about characters, emotional stuff. Um, the one that's really interesting to me is something like The Last of Us, which is a game that leans very heavily on kind of third-person shooter mechanics, kind of gears of war style stuff, but is telling a story that's very, very much a story that I think is written with you know, with fathers in mind, with with kind of older, older. Maybe men who used to be boys playing Gears of War, who've kind of got kids now and are feeling a bit more paternal and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I think we're already seeing even big studios starting to notice that the audience is aging and that, that, that maybe there's there's good content to be made for for older players. Um, and that's that's cool. I, I, it, it, it will hopefully. I mean, by the time by the time I'm you know by the time I'm kind of elderly. There will be genres that specifically—it's you know—in the same way as with movies. You know, there are movies that target teenagers, there are movies that target twenty-year-olds, there are movies for seventy-year-olds, uh, and there's always good business in lots of those areas. And I, I'm sure games will do the same. We're we're at this weird point where, you know, games became popular culture in my teens, yes. I guess, and you know, now I'm, I'm knocking on the door of thirty. And I'm not gonna stop playing games and very few of my friends who were playing games when we were kids have stopped playing games and it's just gonna continue and and this is now a medium and for all the pushing and the, the kind of the desire that people have for games to be taken quote unquote seriously as a medium and to be pop pop culture, the only way that happens is all the people who disagree with that die. Die.
0: Like yeah. it's a
1: cynical, horrible way of putting it, but basically they'll age out yeah. in exactly the same way as all the people who thought film was silly and frivolous died. died. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's 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 where things are going, and you know, mine will be the f- well, I guess probably a bit older than me will be the first generation that just yeah. games were just pop culture. They just, they just. Of course, you play games on your phone.
0: Why wouldn't you play games on your phone? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> when people say, "Well, why do you have a, you have a like, big smartphone with all this stuff on it?" We why, why just have a phone for a phone. What? Yeah. Can't remember the last time I used it as a phone, like, it's when you, it's when you find
1: yourself trying to explain what a library is to a kid. Oh, that's that's when it gets scary. It's you, scary. <laughs> that's that's when that, that's when you realise. Yeah. Speaking of libraries, yeah. So, segue. Good. Seg- um, You're on fire tonight. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. This is very impressive.
0: There is a brand new set of uh, levels. That have been issued and created not by you or by your team but mm. by your audience yeah um, can you give us some highlights about what's been made because oh. i'll tell you off it but is there anything just maybe one or two do you think what how is this even physically possible kind
1: of? <laughs> there's some great ones i mean i like the homages there's a there, there's a very good um, well there's quite a few malgear ones but but there's some very good malware side levels it didn't take long for Pac-Man to be made. I think the thing that I'm finding most interesting, and we need to kind of build some stuff to better support it, but there are people who are starting to make sequences of levels where they're trying to teach a mechanic or where they're trying to tell a story. Um, and that's really exciting because that's that's actual... That's people thinking long-term. And that's that's incredibly cool to me. Um, so we're we're looking at how we can kind of support that those those stand out other than that there's just some really weird creative stuff where people are are messing with it i i like there's a genre kind of within the volume levels which seems to be seemingly impossible levels because the only rule we have when you upload a level is that you can you have to play it through once in order to upload it like we basically require you to prove that your level can be completed so some people have taken that to take them out as kind of an inspiration, and are deliberately making levels that seem impossible, um, where it's just you know a wall of enemies. But if you time your movements correctly, you can just get through. And it's really interesting. It's, it's the kind of stuff that you can't put into a game in the core levels, because it would just annoy every player.
0: Sounds like the kind of uh, raid bosses I had when I used to play WoW. Um, mm. You know, when they have to, you had to do the dance. Yeah. Like choreographed dance. And back then it was 40 people, not 25, (laughs) of doing the same thing at a certain time. And uh, there's a bit of that in in volume where you have to do certain things at a certain time because you have a set of tools in front of you. We actually are added to in the level if it so chooses, Mm. Uh, which is also enough. Oh, well, we've
1: got this tool there, but you're gonna have to get to it. Um, yeah, it, it gives us much, many more options in terms of how we pace levels. But yeah, it's it's so yeah, there's great stuff being made. We're at a point now where, I mean, I've not counted the maps that've been made, but we, I think, I think it's a, it's definitely in the the high hundreds, may have edged into thousand, um, of levels being made, and then of those, um, we've taken, uh, I think 58 currently are in the in the staff picks kind of section when you go into the menu and those are the ones that like I've played and loved and that you know, it feels like, you know, they're, they're ones that feel like that would be a good introduction. And the hope is obviously if people like those that they then go and, and, and search around and find cool stuff.
0: Cool. Well, I just want to get that out because it's, it's extraordinary how that's blossomed. Hmm. You know, I wasn't expecting that. Like, oh wow. No, we
1: weren't. It's an interesting thing. I put it in, honestly, just because it was a ch- childhood wish fulfillment that I always would have loved, I would have loved to as a kid to be able to make my own melga solid levels. Oh, right. Um, so giving that tool seemed cool, but like, yeah, no, I did not expect it to catch on in the way it has and it's become the focus for a lot of players, which is really interesting.
0: Although no, it's interesting. before we called the show, I likened volume not to Metal Gear Solid, which most people did, um, because that's their, you know, the generational thing for me is <laughs> it's, it's Commandos. Of course it's yeah,
1: nice. I love Commandos. Two uh, Commandos Two was brilliant.
0: Brilliant. Bloody hard though. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's weird. I, really early on. It, um,
1: yeah, I, I think, I think for me, I was for me, it's weirdly associated with Christmas. That's the very strange thing. Um, <laughs> but I I I was playing. I remember borrowing it from a friend in school and just playing it the whole of Christmas and and loving it. Um, and
0: never giving it back,
1: as far as I remember. I think I stole that. Nice. Um, which is no, fitting. Which no, is no, fitting.
0: Well, no, it's his fault because never lend a game out. Just, yeah, you, you do. it's you know? true. So it's never true. lend a book because you're never going to get it back. Um, so the last question. I know, it's sad because you know all good things have to come to an end. But this so. is about content yeah there's a strong vein of very british and very sarcastic humor that's threaded throughout volume in my humble opinion mhm do you regard this as a trademark of <laughs> your game <laughs> you um i i
1: think i you think it's a, not I'm no 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 i think i think it's there i think it's certainly there i think i mean honestly i write them so i yes. guess a bit of my voice comes through and my humor and my my taste in jokes and my taste in jokes is often quite Quite
0: silly, but also, yeah, a little bit a little bit sarcastic, a little bit cheeky. Um, yes, I mean, you know, the very first, and this is not a spoiler, everyone, you do this within the 10 seconds of playing the game. Yeah. First note you pick up, a, oh, you figured out moving then. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so like, oh, you figured out, just like, yep, yeah, thanks. Can you hear your voice through that? I know it's not, you know. Well, I, I mean,
1: I must admit, like, I did fall into the the easiest trap of, be, of writing anything where... Alan basically talks like me um <laughs> and that 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 lets me self insert whenever I want to into the game um, which is a bit lazy but I it's fun and if you're gonna self- insert yourself have Danny Wallace read it for you yeah um because the the Duke, the du act um and yeah yeah so it's yeah I guess that there's that tone is gonna be there always because it's me writing it um I want to I feel like I've made a couple of 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 Kind of those kind of games now, I'm kind of, I'm interested in in maybe writing other kinds of things, but yeah, it's, I think that's definitely the tone of the world we've set up. And there, cause 'cause I think we didn't want it to take itself too seriously, you know, we wanted it to have a a bit of a smirk while being, you know, uh, post-apocalyptic. Pretty, not post-apocalyptic, but kind of uh, yeah, <laughs> a, it's, it's, a future, future nastiness kind
0: Orwellian,
1: of sense isn't it? It's, yeah, uh, if you all I like that Orwellian. If you're gonna if you're gonna do a cyberpunk future, then you I think you have to. I I had to undercut it, but I couldn't do it completely straight faced. I had to take the make a little bit because you know,
0: always it's all this oppression and you know, everyone watching you and all very 1984. Like, mm-hmm. uh, although in this case. It's
1: it's a very, a very British fear.
0: Yes. For fear of being oppressed. Hmm. Um, because it's something you're so much against, even though we're, um, I don't know, uptight. Well, that's a sweeping generalisation. <laughs> it's actually not. But uh, Mike, fantastic. Volume is out for. Right now, it's on
1: PC, Mac, and PS4. We've got the Vita version is coming very shortly. Uh, we're not set a date yet because I don't like saying dates unless I'm absolutely certain. Yeah. But very shortly, and it's looking really cool. Um, and that's it for now. Yeah.
0: Brilliant. So I was great to see it on the PS4. How was that making on that? Was Was it? Yeah, fun. I mean, I.
1: Yeah, they Sony have been awesome, and you know they've given us a lot of support, kind of through through kind of before production, just in terms of like the marketing support they gave us, and then yeah, since release they've been amazing. So yeah, no, they're Sony, Sony, are, Sony are good people. Um, and then yeah, PlayStation's a good platform to build for. We uh, yeah, we 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 I'm really happy with how the game plays on PlayStation, and it feels like its natural home to an extent. Playing on a controller, I mean, playing on a controller on PC is great, but playing on a controller. Okay. In your living room, you play on a PC controller, do you? Cool. It's, it's, that, for me, that's how stealth games self games feel like they're designed for a controller rather than a keyboard and mouse. Definitely. It works on keyboard and mouse, but yeah.
0: No, I've got my 360 controller plugged in, although recently I started putting my PS4 in because it's more comfortable. <laughs> I believe we support the
1: DualShock, hopefully. I think so.
0: <laughs> so, um, Mike, thank you very, very much for being on the show. I'd love to have you back on. With your next project, whatever it may be, in a couple of years' time. Yeah, no, exciting.
1: So, but,
0: uh, yeah, best of luck with volume and it's in your future support of it and wherever it goes. From here. Thanks a lot. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there, you just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us that'd be great you can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes and uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer, you listen to this show and want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at Spong.com. bye